You are listening to the Fire Pit Podcast. Today we're talking about time management wins. I think that we have discussed this topic before. Um, more along the lines of struggles uh, with time management. I think as of late, both of us have implemented things in our lives that have allowed us to you know, win the game of time management a little bit. For for myself, I had always prided myself in being a very good multitasker. So I would have a TV show, TV show going while I'm coding on something, while I'm doing something else. And I noticed with time, yes, I was performing these things simultaneously, but I noticed with time that they weren't really done well. So I wasn't really paying attention to the TV show, wasn't really going that well or that focused on the task I was doing. So I noticed that today, I think, was the first day I tried it. I just like got rid of the TV screen thing, just like put my email there. So like then each task that I'm doing, I'm only doing that. And And I think... A thing that I've been able to do since I was a kid, uh, doing the homeschool thing and, you know, teaching myself in high school is like a hyper focus. So like I would be able to do all my classes. I added classes to my curriculum and I completed them. I got up at five. I worked on schoolwork until four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just able to complete all those tasks every day. So I just honed this like hyper focus ability and I realized with my multitasking uh, facade, I was depleting that. Like I was hyper focused on multiple things, which means I was, it's a mediocre level of focus. So just by throwing that out, I was definitely able to just, you know, spend the 20 minutes on the thing that I'm doing. And lo and behold, with my ability to, focus and hone in on something aggressively, I was able to get it done, which was really exciting. And it always feels profound for me. And I think for others, it's not profound. It just makes logical sense. But I don't know, my brain just doesn't, those things are profound to me. You know, it's interesting if you think about how many TV programs have you watched where it'll be showing something about a family and upstairs are the teenagers doing their homework. But you hear this loud blaring music coming from the room. They're doing their homework, but they got all these things going on, whether it's a TV or it's a music or uh, whatever. And I, I, you know, that was a real common thing. Uh, And I think some young people have come to think that that's just the way you do homework. You have to have, I have to have music while I'm doing this. Okay. Um, and I, and then at the same time, you've got things like, uh, like sports where you're getting ready to play a sport. Like even in high school, I, I ran track, I played football. Um, you really had to focus on what you were doing because, there was a lot depending on you being able to be sharp and think and clearly focus on the task at hand. And I don't, 
at the time, of course, I wasn't putting two and two together and thinking, you know, if you'd use that same focus on your schoolwork, you probably would be doing a whole lot better on that. But, you know, you kind of write that off thinking, well, this is kind of boring. I have to do it. So I'm going to do it the most pleasant way I can by having background music or, you know, sitting out in the yard or something that I can have these distractions that supposedly are making this grueling effort at finishing a project for school a little bit more you know, easy to take. All the while, you're not really picking up on what you were saying. You really could achieve that thing a whole lot faster if you would just get rid of the distractions and just focus on that. Uh, some of us have taken a long time to, to really accept that, you know? Yeah. And I, it's easier said than done. Uh, I think it doesn't... I like I've said this one before because I, I mean I love this uh, meme or quote or joke or whatever where the student uh, the teacher says what's the what's the reason for this paper and it's the deadline it's like oh my gosh that's so much of my life like procrastinate it then it's an emergency then it's halfway done then you get into, and every time you get into it, you realize it's not as crazy or complicated as you thought. So just learning also to like break things down. So like I'll approach something and break it down and do it in pieces, but then also assigning like a time to that if I can. So like I'll have a list of things that I want to accomplish in the day. And before I just didn't assign them times i would just order them but then i just found i was constantly moving them to the next day and constantly getting frustrated with not accomplishing something but there was no baseline for me to judge any of it on so then i thought well just what am i accomplishing what am i just getting done i was like mm -hmm. okay th these three things okay add one and try that and then when it's a habit add another one I just realized I was like biting off this impossible amount of things. We are working too. I mean, I have a full-time job. So it's just that learning to get around that cycle of guilt tripping myself because I didn't accomplish something or I didn't manage my time effectively. But then also realizing that you're spending your time on a lot of things. And like even like the email thing had become a problem too because it's, well, I'm just going to check this one thing. I'm going to respond to this one thing. I think it's like low-hanging fruit that's like easy and and not a lot of mental power can, needs to go into it. Mm -hmm. So you just like pick that as something that you can just do because I think it's this overwhelming need for myself to feel busy and feel accomplished. And that's not always the best thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Um, it, it's interesting. I obviously growing up, in an era that didn't have a lot of the distractions that you have today. I, I found it difficult as we entered the computed age where uh, people would talk about internet surfing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, for me, the, the initial one before internet was channel surfing. Um, you know, when they started to get more channels on TV and you started thinking, Lord, I've got, 120 channels so, <laughs> so you're channel surfing through things and and uh, just wasting a lot of time there and then of course the internet came and talk about you know wasting time you could do this internet surfing about 
you know, this and that, and oh, that's kind of interesting. And, and it didn't help when you were actually trying to focus on finding something on the internet when there were all these little sidebar things that you're thinking, oh, that's kind of interesting. I think I'll click on that. And before you know it, you're, you know, like Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole, you know, you're just, before you know it, you're, you're lost in thought in something that is totally, you know, askew from where you intended to go to begin with. And, and that's really difficult. Um, I know when, although YouTube has been really good for me in learning how to do stuff because I'm a visual learner, and when I wanted to fix something, I would look on YouTube to find out ways to do it. There's a lot of distractions on YouTube, um, so so you really have to to retain that. And and one thing I wanted to say too is, I I think for myself, uh, I came into this focus and attention thing with a deficit that I didn't realize that, that I had created in my own life or, uh, and that was a lot of TV watching, not a lot of reading when I was younger, uh, only read what I had to. Um, and so I can understand why a lot of students today would prefer, is there a video on this that I can watch? I don't want to, or are there cliff notes on this book? Cause Lord, this thing has 400 pages. I'm not going to read all that stuff. You know, I, I need a, a reader's digest version of it. And, to, and could you pick out the highlights for me so I can just jot those down without having to work at it? Um, the thinking skills that just weren't developed in, in that kind of a mindset. And how are thinking skills developed? Well, there has to be times in which you have focused thinking, whether it's in reading over a large section in a book or something, and where you're, you're looking for certain things, but you're also following along just whatever the author is writing, and, and, and you're actively engaged mentally in what you're reading. That's that's a lost art for a lot of people. They just never developed it. And so they're taking the easy way out. And so when you say, hey, let's just focus. What? Oh, well, maybe five or 10 minutes, maybe. That's about as long as I can focus. I, I, I just haven't practiced that to where I can sit down for long periods of time and really focus. Um, so I think some people, myself included, had to learn the hard way and just turn off all the distractions and then force yourself to, to focus for longer periods of time until you began to really benefit from it. But you had to see the need first, too. You don't always see that that's a need. And um, so I'm actually getting better at focusing because I'm not watching a lot of TV anymore. And I'm spending more time thinking about stuff and just getting old. <laughs> yeah. Well, older and wiser. I think <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. I, I had to come to grips that I could watch TV until I'm dead and never watch all of it. So it, it, it needs to be used as a tool for entertainment. I, I, I watch things in piecemeal as I'm like, you know, making a smoothie or doing something that doesn't require any mental like energy. And I like that. And, and it allows me to like have fun, watch a show, but it's not like you know, distracting me from something else. Hmm. And I, I think 
in our society, it's it's very much so a focus on they encourage you to keep watching, right? To just watch the next episode and just yeah. And, and and like I've said this before, like my biggest pet peeve is when people say like one of my hobbies is, you know, watching Netflix. And I'm like, that's not a hobby. <laughs> like watching TV is not a hobby. No. And and there's a lot of people that I speak to that they really firmly believe this is a hobby. Like uh, bird watching is a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching TV is not a hobby. And no. so for myself understanding those limitations about myself and and it kind of goes against like what I was saying with society that they kind of want you to be numb. They want you to just kind of like go with the flow and the subliminal messages, just let it all seep in. And when you consciously make an effort to not do that um, and then realize I don't, you know, I had a time in my life, not that long ago. I mean, a year or two ago where it was like, I have I have no time for anything. It's like okay, well log your time. Oh, I'm watching five hours of TV at night, but I'm not getting tired. But if it's like a task that I don't want to do, I'm immediately tired. Oh, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can watch TV for five hours, and like mental acuity is there. I'm focused. I'm zoned in. But then when it's like you need to do this one task that will like help yourself. For 15 minutes, I'm tired. Or if it's like work, it's a necessity. So it's not like I say, sorry, I'm tired. I can't do this. So it's just like a, an interesting like thing that happens in, in my brain, how I have to reframe it to allow for me to accomplish those things without having those like negative reinforcement on doing because there's a reason I can it's not that I can't do it I can do it obviously I do it for work I do it, I can watch 20 million hours of TV you you have the ability it's just getting down to the nitty-gritty of you don't want to do it so yeah. you just make excuses like I didn't want to do those tasks so I would just kick them to the next day and then feel bad about myself and it's like okay this is just and now I'll do a thing like I approach everything as like a process especially with time management of like, let's try this. And it, and in my world, I'm very concrete. So it's very difficult to do, but I'll be like, I'm going to try this for a week. And then on Friday, I'll, I'll add a note, check in with myself. Did it work? Well, I was doing the task, um, kick the can down the road for months, months. Hmm. Like I, I said, okay, how many times have you completed all the tasks that you had allotted for the day? How many times this year once? Okay. That's not working obviously. So you can call it what it is, but just getting real with myself and how I approach something. It's been a game changer for me. And also like things that I can do right now, just do it right now. Don't don't wait. Don't put it in your to-do list. Don't like, well, I need to schedule it. No, don't schedule it. It's going to take three minutes. Just do it. Now it's done go on with your day but that i don't know if you identify with that but that has been a huge struggle in my life yeah i uh, as you were talking i was just thinking how what is it what does it take for us to do something that needs to be done well it it, it helps 
you, you can allow yourself to pay the penalty for something and or know that you're going to pay a penalty if you don't do it. And that's kind of the negative way to look at stuff. You would prefer to be motivated to do it. Uh, the box checking stuff where, you know, these are things I need to do and get them done. They may be things that are repetitive that are done every week or every month or whatever. You know, I think about I got to mow the lawn or I need to pay some bills or, or whatever else. And, and all that's a part of everyone's life. But those aren't really those aren't really motivational in the sense that where you do something and you find yourself growing. Like, for instance, you play the piano. You take on some pieces that you want to learn because it stretches you. And what motivates you to continue to do it is you realize as you've been practicing that you're actually getting better at certain things that started off being just impossible. And that's the kind of thing that you have to have in your life in order to really stretch you. We we can all fall into the trap of of hey, I know every episode of Seinfeld or uh, Star Trek or whatever, and I can tell you about the characters and all that. And I'd be great on some kind of Jeopardy program where they ask questions about those things, and I would have every answer to it. But but is that really what how you want to quantify the value of your life by by having these little tidbits of information or the fact that I was really good at checking these boxes on a daily basis, that's not really motivational over the long haul. I, I think uh, it is hard to stretch yourself to get better at something, whether it's programming like you do or playing the piano or learning something that um, – maybe a little painful because it's going to take a while and some of the stuff it's hard to do. But at least at the end of the day, you're going to have something you look at and that you're, that you can say, yeah, this is an accomplishment. Um, this was a good use of my time. And it, if you do it often enough to get the reinforcement for it, you find it easier to say no to things like usually right now I'd be watching this TV program, but, but you know what? I really have been benefiting from staying with it on this thing that I've been doing, um, playing the piano or whatever, like I say. And so it makes it easier to say no to some of the other things that really were kind of, frankly, cluttering up your days and your life. And they really didn't give a lot of payback for all the time that they took out of your life. Yeah. I those are good points. I think I was just having this conversation with my wife the other day. The box checking thing. Uh, I, well, let me go back. So I heard I had a buddy that that had said about me doing the homeschool thing. He says the coolest thing that I really think is great about that is that the learning style is not confined. So you so you're not restricted to you learn this to this and that's it. And then you learn the next block of things. Whereas how I did it, I could pursue something to its natural conclusion. There's a lot of benefit to that. And, and it doesn't, it changes your paradigm from what's the answer to how do I get there? And once you're at the answer, it, it, it's not as like big of a deal as the path there. So my ability to solve problems 
is very much rooted in that. Whereas a lot of people approaching the same issue in an engineering perspective will just spitball answers that they know to be true for other questions. Whereas I'm like, back to basics, what's this, what's the, and like invest and just allowing the data to wind and weave until I have the conclusion. And I think that that's a, just a totally different perspective. And where that gets me in trouble is with time management. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, let's explore. And it's like, Oh no, three hours are gone. <laughs> like, so I have to really, at that point, what's the answer? and keep an eye on the destination as I'm going around the ocean. Like, it's just a very interesting, like, like it's very awesome for solving problems and a creative process. But when it comes to really nailing yourself down on a thing, it, it's like a double-edged sword. So, yeah. so I, I agree with that. I think that, that, um, cause when I was talking to her, she was like, yeah, totally. The, when I'm doing an equation, it's what's the answer. And I was like, I, I had never approached it like that. I was never really like memorized the answers cause it mm. was just And I had more, I had fun with it and it's not to say that other people don't, but I'm just saying I'm noticing now later in life that a lot of my gifts also have very detrimental sides to them that if left unchecked, like I'm just all over the place, whereas I need to be more firm and I'm making those steps to really, really hold myself to a certain thing that I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, over the course of your life, um, you and I were talking earlier about, for instance, my TV watching, I've seen certain movies over the course of my lifetime several times. And some of them, now these are movies that were made way back because I used to love a lot of the older movies and all. And uh, it's interesting as I'm watching them now, a lot of them I'll turn them off after I've watched it for a little while because I... I'm not the same person that watched that movie those many years ago. I've changed in my thinking about stuff. I, I've, um, I, I, I don't find it as entertaining. Some of the things that I once did, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, you grow, you see things, you see the world differently. Um, you, you don't think the same. You're just not the same person, and that's that's a part of the growth that you go through. But I think also as your priorities change and you realize that the use of your time becomes more valuable. And as you realize that some of these distractions, some of these things that people want you to engage in or sign up for, um, you begin to realize, well, if I say yes to this, I have to say no to this. And, and you begin to stop more often now and just say, well, wait a minute, that's not as valuable to me as this other thing. So I'm going to make a value judgment here. I'm going to say no to that thing that you want me to do because that doesn't have as high a value as this other thing that I want to do. Um, it helps you to slim down the, the playing field of, of your time so that you're, if you're finding it easier. I don't know about you, but I'm finding it easier to say no to some things because of that. I'm not 
making, I, I, and I don't even spend a lot of time making excuses. Well, you know, and I just say, no, I, I don't think I want to do that. And, and yeah. I like that about myself because it, it, it's, it's saying to me that I've come to some conclusions that that thing, it's just not something I want to pursue. And I'm, I'm going to say no every time. So. Yeah, it's like you learn to be more direct. Yeah. Which has been a struggle. I, I think. Man, it's it's like even spending the time on the front end of my day planning out what I'm going to do before I would think that's a total waste. Just just jump in and start doing things. And just realizing so much of you know, you can plan things in a way that it's comfortable and like you said, you're doing the things that you want to do and there's parts of shows that there's sometimes in a show that I don't really care about a character's plot line or whatever. So I'll just pass forward that character. Before, I would have never done that. Like, well, you need to watch the whole thing. It's like, mm-hmm. hmm. Like, my wife, we did this thing. I uh, There were a couple of movies that we were watching, and, and I think at the theater. And, and they were just, like, moving really slow, mm-hmm. or I had no clue. And then you know, she was falling asleep. And so I, was, I, I said, hey, let's go. And she goes like, what? But we paid for this movie. I'm like, well, I mean, this movie sucks. So <laughs> let's go do something else. Yeah. And for her, that was such a, and for me too, like I would have never done that before, but just like, like you're saying, like being more vigilant about your time. And then I think before I was much more passive and I would expect other people to value my time and value me and realizing that that's probably not going to happen. Most people don't value their time, so why would they value my time? So yeah. just paying attention and being more vigilant and protecting my time and spending time on things that I want to do or people that I want to be with, I think has been a really, really good accomplishment in my life and your life too with time management. But I mean, us like 10 years ago, it was just, a, at least for me, it was, so I'm very happy that to that next level. Yeah, I uh, I think looking back, I could have spent less time on this growth curve had I been more open to, say, my weaknesses, okay? Um, some of the things that just a lot of TV watching in my early years did, I remember reading a book on it, and they were saying passive learning, which is what the TV does for you. You just basically putting your mind on your zoning out and just taking it in. It's, it's not an active learning type of thing. Um, and, and that's why, frankly, some people can just sit through something that you're, you get up and walk away from because they're just kind of passively taking it in. Um, had I been aware that that was going on. Um, and of course, when you're really young, you don't know, you have no idea. Uh, you're just kind of, allowing it i think as i when you 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 and your sisters came into the world and and i i remember sitting down and watching tv with you guys it, an interesting thing happened it's interesting how the atmosphere changes in your brain when you're watching it by yourself and then when you're watching it with someone else and especially your kids all of a sudden certain things you pick up on and you say oops 
you, you kind of jump out of passive mode into active mode and you're, you're making value judgments that you didn't if you were watching it by yourself. Um, so if, if I had known that about myself and was able to, to um, see that and had some self-control and all that, I, I would have watched less TV and spent more time reading and actively doing other things because I could have benefited so much more from that, learned so much more from that. But I will say this, um, now when I watch TV, I don't watch TV passively at all. It's really weird. Um, I'm very actively thinking about everything that's going on, and which sometimes causes me to turn it off. Sometimes it causes me to think, you know, this character is was poorly chosen, or this the uh, the script was badly written, or man, this is a great movie. They really got you thinking and all that. So I've I've always actually become a movie critic because I really actively engage with what I'm watching and I really don't like things that don't engage my brain uh, that make me think. Um, so that's a good change. Um, yeah. It's just a little come comes a little late, but better late than never, I guess. And I mean, uh, from your side of the family, I mean that's a huge gain, I would believe, because I, yeah. I mean how you were raised, that was not a not that it wasn't there it's not that people didn't have critical thinking they were just very much so this is comfortable and yeah. this is where i like to be well and nobody thought about tv in a bad way when it first came out there was no violence yeah. there was no sex there was no there was nothing for a parent to get overly disturbed about and therefore nobody thought about you know time displacement Maybe you should be doing something other than what you're doing sitting in front of the TV. Maybe you should be out playing with your friends or reading a book or something like that and and using this just as a break type of thing or a, a rest type of thing. But the primary portion of your time ought to be doing something constructive where you're learning and growing and, you know, that, that type of thing. I, I didn't live in that kind of an environment where that was picked up on. So, you know, it took me longer. So going back to what I was saying, if you know yourself well, uh, and, and you're not comparing yourself to someone else who doesn't share the same strengths and weaknesses, you've got to adjust your time management based on who you are. And if you have a hard time, like uh, here, I'll give you an example. If you have a hard time making something happen on a regular basis, like I had to learn, again, the hard way that I can't just say, well, I, I need to do that once every day or sometime during this week, I'm going to do that. That's, that, that's not going to happen. Um, I have to say at seven o'clock in the morning every day, I'm going to do this. Now, we all know that life doesn't allow for that to continue, you know, without interruption, those things that interrupt it. But I did learn about myself that I'm much better off establishing a habit rigorously according to a schedule, at least in the beginning, because then it becomes habit. And even if there's an interruption or something that that uh, that I didn't have any control over, the habit is established strongly enough that I'm going to stay with it. And uh, and I may do it at nine o'clock one day because I wasn't able to do it at seven. But at least it's important enough to me because the habit is established that I'm going to make it happen. But it, it began with noticing the fact that I am not the kind of person that I can 
just say, well, sometime this week or, or, Hey, we need to get together. Uh, no, I can't do that. I, and matter of fact, I've stopped saying that to people I run into that I haven't seen in a while. Hey, we need to get together. Uh, I don't even bring it up unless I'm thinking I'm going to set a date that it's going to happen because I know myself that all I'm doing is saying that to make it sound like I care. And, but I have no intention of following up and setting a date. So knowing your weaknesses helps you a lot in establishing your priorities in your time management. Yeah. I think the know thyself is big. I've worked on that too. Of, uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like I, I don't, and it, it weirds some people out when they say, let's get together. I'm like, cool. Well, here's my calendar. I can do Wednesday. I can do Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, because they're those people that they can do that. I'm I'm in the same boat. Like, if I have a meeting, what I had to start doing is I'll email, my, I'll email myself a calendar invite to put on my work calendar to make sure that it's there. I'll put it to do to check in the morning of the day to remind myself that I have a thing that's happening. And to tell myself to set an alarm on my phone that the thing is now happening. Because yeah. I'll forget. I'll, I'll, like, I'll totally forget. It's on my list. It's on my calendar. So just like knowing yourself enough to know like this maybe seems crazy, but it gets it done, then who cares? Yeah. And if you stop and ask yourself, why am I saying this? You know, the people who say, hey, uh, uh, how you doing? A lot of times they're really not interested in how you're doing. That's just a greeting. And it falls and this other thing falls under that same category where they say, we need to get together sometime. They really have no intention of following up. So it's more like on the level of a greeting than it is any kind of, uh, of a, you know, expectation that we're actually going to physically get together at some time. So, you know, no, that's a good point. I started just saying, uh, yeah. And then it ju- I just see where it goes and they would be like, well, what about next week? Then I'll be like, oh, we're serious. OK, but typically you're right. They just drop it. It's just yeah. a thing they say. So, yeah, that was good. I think we're we're doing a lot better. I think it was definitely worth an episode on yeah the accomplishments in time management, which has been a huge issue in my life. Yeah, and to be honest with you, time management, just the phrase time management, and, and another word that comes up to my mind is accountability. It's, you know, things that you hate to talk about because probably you're not very good at it and you've not made a lot of progress in either one of them. And um, so you'd rather just kind of not talk about it at all. We need it, but I think that there's an effective way to approach it that really is far more unique than it is, you know, something that everybody should do. For sure. So It's been good, buddy. Well, it was great. All righty. Well, we will talk to you again next time. Yes, next time. Bye.